0: All right, should be alerting you that we are recording and uh, I'll go to YouTube so I pull that on restream. Uh, yeah, let's go here. All right. Get us there. Just check it. Just check it to make sure we're on there and then I'll close it out.
1: It 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 just told me that we're live.
0: <laughs> I told you, yeah. Okay, great, great, great. Because we are we so, are. So, All right, so we're so, live. yes, sure we're on there. Okay, yeah, we are we are definitely live right now. We're live. So my brother Brian is a pleasure to be here with you today to um, to share in something that. I titled in our OBS system, if we were able to use that today, it was just titled, there was a banner flashing across the bottom that said, two brothers talking. Oh, nice. A, I thought we a, were going
1: with the nameless Godcast, but we well, decided I, I, to
0: yeah, just... I, yeah, I, I thought that would be best <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to leave that alone for right now. So yeah, I, it was two brothers talking and, and some seeing this, will see it in that way. Uh, but just uh, just to, to kind of jump right in. Uh, I wanted to just take a little time for us to talk about how we came to know each other and how we got to be where we are right now. So uh, brother Ryan, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, tell us, tell us your side about yourself, how you came to know me and then how we got here. And then I'll tell my side and see if they're the same.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's funny how, Uh, people seem, at least in my life, it seems like people seem to find each other for a reason, but sometimes you don't know what that reason is. Sometimes that reason comes along a lot later. Uh, We've known each other for, I want to say it's almost 20 years now. Yeah. Um, And first we were brought together because we had a mutual business interest. We were working together on a business project and we had, you know, two different teams but we were working together because we were all working towards a common goal, the whole rising tide raises all boats kind of thing. Um, and I think at that time early on, at least for me, I felt like you and I just, we just worked really well together. Like we just, we just, we had a friendship, we had a business relationship and and it all just kind of jived. It was very complimentary what we did. Um, and so it just kind of established that friendship and that went on for uh, five or six years, I want to say. And then, um, and then of course I moved uh, and left, but we maintained our friendship uh, over those years. And then about a year ago, I want to say, um, you reached out and asked me if I wanted to do a Bible study. And I said, yeah, that sounds like, that sounds good. Let's do that. And so our, our relationship has been, I guess, I think stronger the last year than it's probably ever been.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I, I see that as um, the pathway that God led for us to connect and, and get to we are where we are now. And um, and I love, you know, I feel the same way. You know, we've always had that that connection, just a a very easy relationship to to maintain. Um, yeah. Fun. Um, but definitely, you know, I'm excited about how we got here because from that Bible study, we began to fellowship together and had such a wonderful time, you know, being a blessing to each other to the point to where we decided that maybe we can share this with other people yeah. and let them chime in on, on what we're experiencing together as we're seeking the Lord in this way. So that's that's how we're here now. So we'll see how it goes. Maybe people will say, hey, you know what? Keep yourselves private. Keep doing what you were doing.
1: <laughs> you know, but we don't need to hear about
0: it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you tried it. You got it out of your system. Now, now go back to to what you were doing and, and leave us alone out here in the social media and internet world. Uh, That's so, funny. So actually, <laughs> hey, well, look. Let's 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 pray, brother. Let's pray and um, and open us up with um, if you would open us up with prayer. We'll we'll look at our our topic for today.
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. Yes. Lord Father God, I just thank you. Lord, I thank you for all the abundance in our lives, God. I thank you for all the things that you do for us, Lord. I I, I thank you for this friendship that I have with Floyd. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come together, Lord, to fellowship, study the word. Father, I ask that you would bless our discussion as you always do, God, and and just help us to further understand what we read and what we see and how we apply to our lives. Lord, I ask that this this little meeting would, would bless other people as well, Father, and that everything that we do, Lord, we would do to bring glory to your name pray and just thank you father and praise you in Christ's name. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Brian, we'll tell them a little more about what we, what we do, you know, uh, going forward, but, um, for all your, for all that are listening, Brian is a retired, um, Navy pilot. So, um, thank you for your service as always. And now he is a very successful and, uh, very knowledgeable real estate agent. And uh, is helping people in incredible ways, and he takes what he does in his business very seriously. In fact, um, he want me to share this. I'm sure, but I will. You know, I've seen him. You know, really. You know, in a state of uh, great concern for the well being of his clients behind the scenes, praying and just you know there in a way that's incredible. So, great real estate agent. His um, character and the military is coming to that as well and is, is shining very brightly as he is growing in Christ, as we all are growing in Christ. And I am a pastor, for those who may be listening, maybe in some of Brian's networks. Uh, I'm a pastor of Livingstones Fellowship, and I'm a current seminary student, and I am uh, working on a master's on my way to uh, completing a doctorate in the, the next few years. So I'm um, excited to be here. Brother Brian, you sent me some email messages, text messages, and there were some questions in them. And I just kind of clicked, you know, thumbs up on them. Just made basically to, to kind of make you feel like, oh, hey, you know, hey, these are simple questions. You know, we get these every day. No problem. You know, just take a few seconds. But behind the scenes, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> man, man. <laughs> let me let me really dig to uh, to get ready to to handle these questions. So, Brian, tell tell us, you know, the questions that you're going to talk about today. What led up to them? What led to the questions we're gonna we're gonna propose to each other today, and
1: to what the scriptures say? It's a great question. I I think you know. So just kind of lay the set the table for this, right? You and I are are on very different paths in terms of what we're doing professionally, right? So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm I own and run a real estate company, and I'm a real estate agent, and I'm servicing clients all day. You, however, have dedicated your career uh, towards the faith and the ministry and the study of God's word and that sort of thing. And I think it's really neat that that we have kind of both perspectives, right? Someone who um, is approaching this from the perspective of this is not just important to me for my own faith and my own relationship, my own walk with Christ, but but for my career, you know, wanting to um, be a servant, right, of for God to as many people as you can touch, um, and then you got me over here, right. I'm just, I'm just a guy trying to get through life, right. Raise a couple of daughters, build a business, do that sort of thing, and find a way to 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 continue to make faith a priority, so that it doesn't get lost in the shuffle right? Because I think that can happen. Um, and one of the things that you have helped me with tremendously and I'm super grateful for is, is giving me some structure to my study. Um, and one of those things is a, a read the Bible in a year plan, right? So um, I started, of course, where one should always start, which is in the beginning, <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning, right? Um, with, with Genesis. And I've read the Bible from cover to cover four times over the course of my life, but it seemed like always in the past when I was reading, I was almost reading it like a story, right? Like, oh, this is oh, yeah, this is kind of a cool story. Yeah, you know, God created some folks, and then they got kind of rowdy, and so you know, decided to flood the earth and then it'll start over again. Let's try that again, and you know, and it was just a story, right? But when you when you really begin to read to understand the, the sounds blasphemous to say it this way. I don't mean to say it this way, but because it's impossible, but if you, when you begin to read, to try to understand the mind of God, to try to understand what is God really doing here? How does this fit in to the bigger picture of Jesus Christ and the gospel and how it all comes together? When you begin to really think that way, it changes how you read. And so, you know, I start going through this stuff and And we're going through Genesis when we get to the flood. And as I'm reading about this, I'm thinking of of several questions that jumped out at me. The first one was, how long long was it from the time that God created man to the the flood? Because I'm pretty sure it was not as long as it's been from the flood until now. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, when we are reading, you get to different parts there in the, in the Bible where um, one section there, you're going through these genealogies. Mm-hmm. This person begat this person begat that person. And this person lived to be this amount of years old. So you, you take all that. But if you if you follow the genealogies up until Noah, when he was 500 years old, and the flood happens, um, you know, about 100 years after that, when you follow that train from the beginning, uh, we are around 1,600 plus years into the existence of, uh, of, of humanity, if you want to call it, about 1,600 years we're looking at from the beginning to the flood. Okay. Um, another way we can calculate is to start where we are now and to go from where we are back to the flood. We can, yeah. we can trace back that way, following genealogies and things of that nature there. We easily get 2,022 years by just going back to Christ in uh, yeah. that. But right. then beyond that, we're, we're looking at um, about 4,300 or so, I believe, somewhere around there, 4,359 years from where we are now back to the flood. Okay. So 1,600 years from the beginning to the flood. About four thousand three hundred years from today, back to
1: the flood. Okay, so so that kind of lends to, and that's what I was thinking. Not in that that kind of specificity, but just in general, it was a shorter amount of time from the creation of yes. man until the flood than it has been from the flood until now. And that got me thinking, like, well, it it it, it didn't it wasn't a super short window of time. It wasn't like 15 years. Like there was just a couple of folks around, right? It, it, it was, it was a substantial period of time. And it seemed like, you know, over the course of things from creation until now, the earth was flooded fairly early in the story, right? As a matter of fact, it, it is fairly early in the story. It's like chapter four. <laughs> and it's a big book. I don't know if you've seen this thing, but it's, you know, have, yeah. it's, it's quite the book and it happens about here, Right. <laughs> Um, and so as I was, as I was thinking about this and I was, I was reading a couple of things popped into my head. Number one, God is, is omnipotent, right? He, 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 God knows the end of the ending of the story already. He, he, he's seen, he's seen everything as it plays out. God, at least the, how I couch it in my mind doesn't look at time linearly. Like we do. He looks at time like a book, like he can flip to the end anytime he wants, right? He can flip around through the story. Um, so God already knew that that we were going to goon this thing up from the get go, right? And so that brought me to the question of, you know, we he, God created man, man gooned it up, they got evil, corrupted hearts, uh, things started to go sideways, and and so God says, you know what, this is, we're not we're not doing this, Wow, right? Wipes wipes this all out, and then decides to have a do over. All right? Bring bring you know Noah along and, and let's try it again. And the first question I have is, why? Why? I mean, if we gooned it up the first time, we're going to goon it up the next time, right? I mean, you know, corrupted hearts, bored in sin, it, it's, it's destiny, <laughs> for lack of a better term, right? So we're going to goon it up again. So why wouldn't you just let it play out the first time? Or why would you even restart the, the, the process at all, knowing that it's just going to happen again? And, and these, it's funny, people, they listen to this podcast probably think like, is this guy even a Christian? What's <laughs> 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 you know, I am, I am, trust me, I'm sitting here going, I know God is right and God is good. And what God has done was, it, it could not be anything but right or good, right? I'm just trying to get my simple, feeble-minded, dull-eyed head around why, the, the, it unfolded the way that it did. And then I wanted to know what, what does the scripture say about that? How does the scripture answer those questions? Because the answers, it'll be in here somewhere. It's gotta be.
0: Great. Well, Hey, it's been great fellowshiping with you today. And now that we,
1: <laughs> that's a great question, man. Uh, all right. That'll do it for today. Thanks for tuning in.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Brian, excellent excellent question and uh, I don't think that's a, a question that would present someone as potentially seeming though they're as though they're a non-christian at all um, I think it would be someone who is wanting to gain understanding as Paul told us in all you're getting get understanding God wants us to understand which we'll find in just a moment uh, yeah. he he wants he wants us to to understand he wants us to know his ways. We're not going to know everything, but he's made certain things knowable for us uh, in our in our finite minds so that we can comprehend him to the best of, of our ability and how we're made. So I think the question, if we want to know like why, I, I think the way, when you held that book up, you showed the very beginning. I mean, this little bit, like almost like an introduction. And I think the flood sometimes seems like something that should be at the end of the story, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And instead, I think that's what kind of throws us for a moment. Is like, wow, this is early on for something this significant. It's like you know, humanity didn't even get to build up enough steam to be as sinful as she really she is. Just in terms of words, but not she is in you know only humanity is male uh, and uh, uh, or just just female. Yeah, it's and so so in in that reality. that humanity could have continued to grow more and more and more and more and more sinful. So I I think also that we should look at it in this way. Maybe the flood, just a thought, is not something that should be looked at as the end, but something that is a part of the beginning, Uh, something that is the starting point for humanity. Um, Just to kind of set some some grounds here, I want to really set some thought processes that I think we should have when we approach the scriptures, because sometimes the questions that we have, the answer to the question is found in other questions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes other questions become the best answers to questions. Mm -hmm. So just think about this, Brian, if you could, if you could go with me to Romans 15 verse four, Romans 15, four, I want you to read that for us when you get there. Just a few things to lay down that are foundational for how we should be thinking about the scriptures according to the scriptures. We're letting the scriptures tell us how we should be thinking when we're reading
1: in any place in the Bible. Romans 15, 4. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope.
0: So it's this, process, this thought process of what's happened in the past is, is some kind of way tied to our learning. It's, a, it's this picture of the, the whole world, the history of the world as we know it, being a classroom, especially for certain people, for those who we title, according to Scripture, as the elect of God, to come to start to learn things about God. And there's a key word that we need to have when, when approaching scripture that we need to always be thinking about is revelation, is revelation. So when we, when we think about uh, anything, when we think about the flood, we would ask the question, what is God revealing about himself? The, the highest pursuit of, of man is to know God, mm-hmm. is, to, is to know God. That's the highest pursuit of man should be. to to know God. God's sole purpose in everything he does is to make himself known. So there's an explosion that happens when man's highest pursuit becomes knowing God, when God's desire and God's whole plan and all that he's done is doing and will do is to make himself known. So when we say make himself known, in other words, if we're talking about the flood, when God brings about the flood. What is he making known about his character? What is he making known about his ways? Uh, what is he making known about his, his plan? What is he revealing about himself? The events in the Old Testament that we see are beyond the context of what we see them in. They're also a message. It's, it's God explaining something that he's going to do, using it in a real live, you know, uh, illustrative way. I want you to see this about me. Here's how I respond to sin so that a group of people can know that for all of eternity. Here's how I deal with this situation. Here's how I deal with when humanity does this so that you can know me. Yeah. So I, I want to show you something that I mean, and then I want to hear what, you, what your thoughts are on this. So we come to scripture. We want to know what are we learning about the character, the nature? What are we learning about the ways of God? What are we learning about the plan of God? What is God trying to show us? Because I would jump
1: good. Oh, I was just uh, on the surface. And this was kind of my first thought was as I'm going through this, as we're reading about the flood, right? My first thought is that's terrifying. Like, like fear of the Lord should be a real thing, right? Like not just a catchphrase, right? Like, I mean, God was wiped out every living creature on the land, save the ones he sent to the ark. Right. I mean, that's, that's terrifying. It, it, the the result of sin was God going, you know what? All of y'all I'm done with you. <laughs> Woo, you know, um, there's a larger context to it, but, but if you're reading this or you're hearing the story for the very first time, yeah. you know, I think sometimes people read stories in the Bible and they think like, oh, that, that's a cute story. That's a nice little illustration of this or that or the other. No, this happened. It's not a, it's not a parable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> happened, you know, and that's terrifying. Um, and there's a whole lot of stories like that in the old Testament, right? That if you really understand, Hey, this, this actually happened. And you really think about it that way, not just as it's some kind of story, some fictional story somebody wrote, but this is actual history. It changes your perspective, uh, at least for me, it changes my perspective on, you know, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it, how serious God is about sin. Hey,
0: hey, I'm, I'm done. We can we can stop the broadcast. I mean, you just <laughs> you just you just hit it. That That was it, you know. What, what do we come to know about God? Revelation. God is all, whatever happens, he's revealing. It's, it's a bigger meaning than just the event. He's revealing something about himself. And when we look at the flood, the flood is a judgment. It shows how much God hates sin. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that we see there. That's just one we, we see. So when we, when we see this, it shows just how much God hates sin. Well then you get into a lot of questions Brian, because then you want to people you know you want to go off to well then why would God create people that are sinful if he hated it?
1: right? Yeah I mean again it, it, such an amazing question because it, it it raises it raises these questions in your mind. you you just nailed it the first time I read, genesis i remember thinking that i remember thinking like god hates sin you know the story kind of plays out like uh, like if you read it on the surface you don't dig down almost like well god had no idea that you know he was going to eat the apple and give some to adam and and then the whole thing was going to go sideways but he knew of course he knew. you know so why (laughs) you know why and i think i know the answer but what's your what's your thought why why would he Why
0: would he? He hates. I mean, because we I think the first thing we do is we start to we think of God as being just like us. So for us, we wouldn't dare create something that we hate. Right. You know, we don't. Invite friends out to go to our our most hated restaurant, you know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to build a restaurant it serves food i hate yeah are you following (laughs) me because wouldn't wouldn't the people and then when i'm tired of the when i'm tired of the cruddy food i'm gonna burn
0: it down (laughs) you know and 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 brian wouldn't the people at the restaurant wouldn't they wonder wouldn't they be talking just like we're talking right now like yeah like you're sitting there not eating you're not eating at your own restaurant you can't eat at your own restaurant and they're wondering like why why would you build a restaurant create a restaurant create a menu that is filled with everything you hate.
1: You know, it's really funny you, you bringing that up just as a total sidebar. My neighbor that lives across the street has a winery in his backyard. He makes wines and he actually got a bronze medal for one of his white wines at the big wine festival thing in California, the big like wine deal that they have. And he doesn't drink. He doesn't drink. So, wine. so it's he doesn't, possible. He, so doesn't it, like, he doesn't like wine. He doesn't drink it. He doesn't drink alcohol at all. You know? <laughs> it's just really funny. You go, well. Yeah, you know if it's good or not, he goes. I let other people try it that do drink wine, and they tell me if it's good or not. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now, 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 listen. Now, now, think about something we could we could pull out of that, just for sake of of thought. Um, that means that his whole plan in the winery, mm-hmm. he was thinking of other people. That's right, and not himself. That's right. So we can we can start getting a lot deeper in in our understanding of what God's motives may have been, if he's not thinking about himself, but thinking about his creation, things his creation needs to learn, things that, his, his, that they need to understand uh, about him, about themselves, about each other, about what they're capable of, of about what, we, what they'll do apart from him, uh, things that they need to actually understand. Uh, I'll, I'll throw this out there as well, Brian, A lot of times we, what if, this is just a thought, but what if the first humans, Adam and Eve, what if, what if they were never intended to be the long-term permanent humans? What if Adam and Eve are like the, the first wave, the first phase of, of humans, but
1: Man 1.0. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, in that sense. And, and I'll share something with you. It kind of goes to your fourth question. I'll, I'll just throw this out on that on that topic there. Um, and um, I think I, I had it right here. I want to make sure where I was when I had this, because that was pretty, pretty significant. In Romans 8.29, when we think of um, these words, Romans 8.29, for those who he foreknew... He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Jesus was a first a firstborn of many others who would be like him. Those who are believers in Christ are born, are reborn. They're born again. They are born of the spirit. They are regenerated, recreated. They still have this sinful body, but a a new a new nature. The spirit of God now dwells inside of them, and they begin changing their thinking, their ways, their desires. In time, they actually experience a resurrection when Jesus returns, where they will get a new body, just like Jesus got a new body when he rose from the dead. So this this speaks of a group of people in the future who are like this advanced human race, free from the imperfections of the fall, who will be with God for all of eternity. We're never going to again be like Adam and Eve, because if we were just going to be like Adam and Eve, then of course the same thing would happen all over again. Bible says that these Christians that we uh, speak of in the Bible will actually be judging angels. Uh, it's a whole different type of of human. In, in fact, you could you could state it like this: the human race as we know it today will go extinct. And, and there will be a new people, a new creation, a new type of human that will live for eternity with Christ Jesus. So when you begin to see what happened in the beginning, and you begin to look at the end altogether, you see a process of God creating a people for himself. And everything in between becomes this classroom to educate that group of people, to prepare them to live and spend eternity with him.
1: I think also as, as I've read and and studied it, to me, it seems like, and I think you and I've talked about this too, and that that probably lends to where I'm going with this, but, but to me, it almost seems like, you know, could, could God have just, you know, Kicked the serpent to the curb and never tempted Adam and Eve. And then there would have been a sinless, live forever kind of human race that adored God and did everything He told him to do and never gooned it up. Sure, he could have. Um, he could have created it that way. But I think at the end of the day, he God wanted to have a kingdom forever for eternity with people that had been called and who have chosen to fight the fight, to fight the battle, to resist their sinful nature, to choose God, to follow God, to learn God, to try to learn of his nature, to do all of those things. God wants humans that choose to follow him, that love him from their by their own choosing, as opposed it, to yeah, just, yeah, I'm going to yeah, create it, an army of mindless followers that'll just do whatever I tell them to do. Well, where's the fun in that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... um. <laughs> You know,
0: the Bible tells us that we love God because he first loved us. He first loved us. In other words, it's not by our own effort, not by our own decision making. It's it's not by our own goodness and righteousness. Uh, In fact, remember when you were reading about Noah Mm -hmm. and it talked about, you know, God said that Noah found favor in his sight. Mm -hmm. God chose to save Noah and his family. He chose to make them righteous. He chose to save them from the flood. Mm-hmm. So not only does the flood show God's God's hatred towards sin and his judgment on it, but it also shows his, his mercy and his grace. It shows his plan, that he he's, has a plan for these people he calls righteous, these people he makes righteous. God does something in a person So then they desire to obey him. God does something in a person, so they begin to choose him. God does something in a person, so that they begin to follow him. So, yeah, we we see a lot of things from that flood. We see God's hatred towards sin, but we also see God's saving plan. We also see a picture of the future, because judgment is coming again this time by fire. So the book does end with this grand picture of another judgment that takes place. And the Bible says, wide is the way that leads to destruction and many travel the wide path, but narrow is the way that leads to life. Narrow and difficult is the way that leads to, to life that few, that there'll be fewer people that actually find themselves saved from the the, the judgment that is coming than those who are punished by it. So we have this, this whole picture here of looking at the salvation that we see in God's redemptive plan. You know, I think we, when we look at the uh, the whole picture of Noah and the ark and the flood, what we should pull out of that is starting to see that God is saving a remnant of people. He is saving some people out of the world and preparing them and teaching them and using all that surrounds them in the world to prepare them for eternity. I don't think sometimes we look at the fact that we're in a process, and I don't think we look at the reality of what you shared earlier. God is outside of time. So when we think about how long, you know, there's a passage of scripture. That speaks of this, and, and you could kind of use it for some point of reference, that one day to the Lord is like a thousand years to us. So if, if you just to kind of maybe give some reference to the fact what, what happens when you're outside of time. So it, the human race hadn't been in existence that long. From from God's perspective and what he's doing and what he's creating. hmm. So you could almost look at it as though if we use that as a as a, an equation, we could say, you know, maybe it's been a matter of of, of days in, in the sight of the Lord, of what he's working and what he's creating, and what he's doing, and what he's preparing. Everything seems long and drawn out to us. But the Bible says that even in the midst of God's time, we're like a vapor that just vanishes in the air. That's how quick our lives are, is like a like a vapor. So I I think we have to look at what God is revealing, what we are coming to know about God. When we look at the flood, why did he create the planet? He created the planet for humans to dwell on. Why did he give instruction to Adam and Eve in the garden? He gave them instruction so that they could understand there are rules. There's a certain way that the people he created are to be, or there'll be punishment. What do we learn about the serpent? That there will be obstacles, that there will be things here on this planet that will try to gain the allegiance of a person, Satan himself. And we also learn that humans, at least in the state that they were created in, will choose Satan over God. And then God gives us this long list of all of us up until this day who are born in sin who will choose just as Adam and Eve do, we'll choose ourselves, we'll choose pleasure, we'll choose our own desires, we'll choose other things over God. But then he takes a few out of all that have ever existed and he makes them righteous. He does something in them to where they begin desiring to obey him. They begin to see themselves as fallen. They begin to see themselves as sinners. They begin to realize that the flood was just something that is painting a picture of the future. They begin to read scriptures like this. Listen to this, Brian. Matthew chapter 24, verse 37. Now, I'd like to hear your thoughts on, on this. Matthew 24, verse 37. This kind of puts a, a top on everything we've been talking about.
1: Matthew 24,
0: 37? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm only gonna, on chapter 3. Yeah, well, we, we just moved ahead today. <laughs> Giving you a preview, Matthew 24, 37. Listen to these, I feel these like words. I skipping ahead. I you are skipping, skipping ahead. ahead. <laughs> you are, you are, you are. But your questions, you know, force force you to do that. I, I think this verse, Brian, sums up all of your questions.
1: I, I believe it does. Matthew 24, verse 37. 24, 37, as the page is like. For the coming of the son of man will be just like the days of Noah. Okay, let's just stop right there.
0: So now we start seeing where the flood is this learning tool. It's, it's this picture for us to know what the future is going to be like. When the, when the final judgment comes, when the, when the final uh, wrath of God is, is, is poured out onto the earth, the flood becomes this picture that's a reference point for us to be able to say, Oh, it's going to be like that. For when the days of Noah, um, uh, so will be
1: the son of man. Verse 38, Brian. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Okay. So this next judgment, now we see the flood. We see the
0: judgment. We see the way it happened. Everyone laughing at Noah. Noah's telling them, hey, the judgment of God is coming turn away from your sin. Remember, you were reading that God was sorry that he made mankind because of how mankind, each one did what was right in his own sight. So not sorry like he made a mistake, like, oh my goodness, I didn't know what I was doing, meaning that he hates sin. He, he, he doesn't like, but it had to happen. It had to be that way, not for his own personal benefit, but for something that he is teaching to those he is saving. So, so we see here that Noah's preaching, you know what? Hey, y'all, come in this ark, turn away from your sin. They're laughing. And what are they doing along with their laughing? They're eating, they're drinking, partying, marrying, giving in marriage. They're doing all of this stuff. That's a clear picture of what today's all about. You, you said it earlier. People don't take the flood serious. They don't take what's written in the Old Testament. Was written in the New Testament, they don't take it serious enough.
1: Yeah, and in verse 39, it says, and they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Amen. So, you know, we're all living, bebopping through our lives, right? Smoking, joking, just, just going on all about our business. And the flood's coming, and we just don't know it. You know, the, 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 the judgment is coming and we don't know when and we don't know how. I mean, we know how, but, um, you know, it could be right now. It could happen right now. <laughs> it could be right now. Yes. You know, and,
0: and, and what are we, how, because of that reality, we're, we're supposed to be preparing. Uh, we need to, you know, if, if, if we're among those who, who, who eat, drink and, and, and be merry, go on just living however we want to live. Every time we're getting ready to engage in those activities with, with no reverence and no true fear for God, we need to remember that this is these are the environments, these, these environments that we've created, that we're indulging in. These, this is exactly what's going to be going on when the Son of Man comes. Now, Brian, you, you made a great point. The Bible tells us, you know, these kinds of things that we're talking about, you've got three different types of people that are, are, are hearing. We, we also have to have this in our context that some hear what we're saying. And the Bible says, it sounds like foolishness to them. Right. Some hear what we're saying. And it sounds like foolishness. Now, when it sounds like foolishness, that's expressed in different ways. Some just laugh about it, joke about it, you know, um, make some sarcastic comments, but others some actually get very angry about yeah. this message. Here, yeah. Here's my here's my thought to you, whoever you are out there listening to this. How are you getting that angry about something that you believe is not true?
1: Yeah. Huh. I was going to say the same thing, man. I, like, I don't go on social media and go on like anti-Santa Claus rants. You know? Right. If you don't believe something exists, you don't have to rage against it. Yeah. Right? But yet there are those that will do that. They'll literally spend their time and energy trying to rage against the you know God, religion, Jesus Christ, salvation, all of that, and try to convince everybody around them they're right. And it's like, why? Why do you care so much? And I think the answer is because in their spirit, truly in their spirit, in their heart, they know, they know. They know, well, you that know we're not just. They know that yeah, we're not yeah. just a the byproduct of two molecules randomly running into each other, and then hundreds yeah. of billions of years later, yeah. we're walking around, you know, reading War and Peace and playing golf on Sunday. Yeah, I don't think so.
0: Yep. Yeah. Listen. Listen to this, Brian. I, I think this hits right on your right on your point, man. This is a big deal. Romans chapter one, verse eighteen. I'll just read it. Um, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. He says, Therefore, O man, you are without excuse, as you read a little further, that the reason that someone gets so angry over this whole picture of God choosing some for salvation, over the fact that there is the reality of a hell. Is because within them, they know that it's true. They're not learning it for the first time. The only thing the Christian does is they come out of suppressing it. Yeah. They come out of a state of denial and start to accept the fact that God's judgment is coming. And my only escape is through the salvation of Jesus Christ. In the same way that God saved eight people globally, God is saving a group of people currently from the fire of judgment that is coming in the future. Powerful man. So Brian, would you say we, we summed up, I just, I just wanted us to, you know, just have this thought process. Whenever we're reading something in the Bible, what is God revealing about his nature? What is he revealing about his character? What is he revealing really revealing about his plan? Because just like we get here to Matthew 24, you see, Jesus says, you know what? So when, when it really counts, you know what I mean? When, when, when we're talking about the real end of the world, the real end of the world, as we know it, you can look back at the flood. This is going to ha- This is how it's going to happen. People are going to just be living their lives. They will have been paying God no mind. They'll be ignoring broadcasts like this. They'll be laughing at this kind of stuff, too busy doing whatever they're doing, making money, having a good time, trying to make a life for themselves. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But when you do, as Romans goes on to say, where you're failing to acknowledge God, you're failing to operate according to his law, doing what you do the way he says to do it, Mm -hmm. earning money the way he says to earn money, doing everything according to his will, we're getting ready. We're being prepared. We're honoring him. We have reverence. We have fear. Uh, So um, I pray that that's been um, a blessing. It's been a blessing to me to talk to you about this. I would say if you're listening, that you could make some comments. We'd love to hear some of your comments, any kind of comments. We want to hear the bad things that you would, maybe you think they're bad. Uh, (laughs) We want to hear all of that. Uh, We want to hear critiques and criticism uh, because we're just two brothers here sharing. This is, this is what we've been doing every week together anyway. And um, Brian, any, any thoughts,
1: man, closing thoughts, no, I mean, that, I, mean that, I think that, you know, that answered my first question. Um, before we wrap up, I just have about 18 more. Um, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 that's it. And, and you know, your, your, your question about,
0: you know, all this was necessary. How does it tie into the gospel? That's how it ties in, is that Jesus is saying that I'm coming back, and I'm coming back to bring judgment. And your point of reference is the flood. No man knows the time or the hour when I'm coming. You need to turn away from your sin. Don't be like those in Noah's time and ignore this kind of message. Don't don't fall into the same boat that they did. Hear
1: those who have ears to hear. I've actually heard people that will say, you know, like, well, God wouldn't just, you know, rescue the, the relative handful of real Christians and just let everybody else perish. I'm like, have you read Genesis? <laughs> you know, I mean,
0: yeah, it's it's a hard truth. So, Brian, some respond and say this is foolishness. Some are kind of indifferent. You know, ah, doesn't really matter. I got too much going on. It may be true, maybe not true. I don't know. I don't have time for that right now. But others, let me tell you about some. The Bible say Bible says that. My sheep know my voice and they follow. And what what that means is that there are some people where God, before the foundations of the earth, the Bible says, that he prepared them as a vessel for salvation. And there's something in eight that he has done, something of his own works to where when they hear these words, they know they are the words of God and it penetrates their heart. It convicts them, it brings about a fear and a reverence. The, the indication that someone is not saved is that when they hear this type of truth, they're not convicted. Mm. Those that God has indwelled his spirit within are convicted when they hear the words of Scripture. It was a good one today, man. Hey, brother. Well, let's close in prayer. Close us out. I'll close. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come together. Thank you for allowing us to share. Thank you for helping us to have this environment. We pray that it would be a blessing to to many others as well. Help us as we go from week to week and study and grow and mature in all these different ways for your glory. Thank you for Brian today and uh, and his questions and his willingness to speak of these topics in this way and dialogue with him. Uh, it's no easy thing uh, to to make your faith known to. uh, one that loves you enough to to dialogue in this way, Lord. So I pray that you would bless him in his journeys, and I pray that you would bring about peace in his heart and his mind that he has not yet experienced, as well as those who are listening. Uh, May your will be done in the hearts of your believers, and thank you, Lord, for the reference point of the flood, for helping us to know that uh, we should be prepared every single day that you could return any time now, Help us to know that you've called us to turn away from our old lives and turn to living a new way. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, brother. Love you. And um we'll look forward to doing the same thing uh next week. Let's, let's yes, keep sir. it. Let's keep it going. Love you too, brother. Take care, man. Have a good week. You too.